your skin looks amazing, but I've also heard that you don't always wash your face, which is a big no-no <laughs> from Allure. So I'm... Day. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is the Allure podcast. I'm Kara McGrath. I'm Allure's deputy digital editor, and I am here with Alexa Chung today. Hi, Alexa. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really well. So obviously, most people know you for fashion. They know everything about your fashion career. You've been a television host. You have a new show on Netflix. You have a billion collaborations by my last count. But this is Allure, so I really want to dig into your beauty routine. Mm -hmm. Starting with growing up, you know, what did beauty mean to you? How did you sort of get an idea of what the word beauty meant? And also, how did you develop into what is your signature look now? Well, first of all, I had siblings, so I had two older brothers, but I also had an older sister. And I think my first exposure to beauty or being interested in makeup was that my sister, who was eight years older than me, really had this incredible sort of 80s palette. So I'm 36, she was eight years older then, and I was born in 83. So probably by the tail end of the 80s. So like Madonna, kind of, I don't know, all of those very colourful things that were happening in the 80s when pop music was huge and... Everyone had these crazy looks. She had this huge palette of colours and used to sit in her bedroom and put them on and play with her hair and put the lace in the hair. She had a perm. So really, I was probably taking my cues from her at the beginning and obviously not wearing makeup myself until I was older. And then the other thing that was kind of juxtaposed with that was that I grew up in the middle of a field in the middle of the countryside and was closer in age to my brothers. So I was quite tomboyish and there was really no... No need to think of what you kind of looked like. Do you know what I mean? I I think we obviously live in a different time now where I think because of cameras being literally put into your phones, vanity is kind of, it's like less of a depressing word or something. Like people aren't afraid to be vain and they look at themselves far more than we did in the olden days when you had to actually like either go to a lake and check your reflection like Narcissus or <laughs> find a mirror. But anyway, as a kid, I really had no idea of what, I kind of looked like. And then obviously as a teenager, I was interested in the Spice Girls, this Levi's commercial they had that was like Spaceman. Do you remember that one? It was silver. You were young. But um, (laughs) in 1995, like these things happened. It was Britpop. It was the Spice Girls and everything suddenly was silver, orange or lime. It was a, a weird time. Anyway, so accordingly, I just would wear silver eyeshadow. That was like my first investment in a beauty product. Do you remember what silver eyeshadow it was? I think it was probably Rimmel. Yeah. Because that's what they would sell in local shops. That was a really roundabout way of saying that. Basically, I was a tomboy until I was about 13. And then I only wore silver eyeshadow and I cut my hair incredibly short to look like Justine Frischman, who was the lead singer of Elastica. Yeah, you've talked in previous interviews about getting dodgy haircuts. Yeah, really bad. Yeah, what were some other ones? It was just that one. It was like a variation of a bob, but my dad would do it for me sometimes, or I would just get it too short. But yeah, I think it's kind of a a rite of passage to have a fairly bad haircut in your teenage years. That Yeah, I never had hair dye or anything. Nothing disastrous. Did you have any other, like you're saying the silver eyeshadow, but anything else that you look back on? And I don't want to say beauty regrets, because I think regrets is a bit dramatic, Mm -hmm. but anything that you look back at and sort of laugh at in photos? 
again, like I haven't really seen that many photos of myself from that time because no one had a camera around. It makes it sound like I was born in actual medieval times, <laughs> by the way. Like someone was chasing me around with a quill and the best you could do is like a sketch. But I think we just really lived in a different time. Like no one was trying to capture the moment. We weren't obsessed with imagery in the same way that we are now. So you, you'd be hard pushed to find a picture of me as a teenager because I was honestly just riding horses, going to school and like absolutely not looking at myself in the mirror, which I do think is a shame now when I see my sort of friends' daughters kind of already at quite a young age understand exactly what they look like and pull faces in the selfie camera and like play with filters on apps. I'm just like, God, I really think I had luckily quite a healthy relationship with myself in the sense that I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. I liked what you were saying before, though, about vanity sort of not being a negative thing anymore. No, people so aren't I think, embarrassed by themselves anymore. Yeah, it's almost like people are reclaiming it and it's sort of, it's a, it's a good thing to be a little bit vain. Right. Yeah. So do you feel like there are also positives to these younger children, girls growing up on social media? I don't know. Fair. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's hard to tell. I was going to add to it. I don't, um, I don't know because I don't have my own daughter and I, so I can't speak about it from a parenting angle. But even my personally, you know, I, I noticed that I'm more self-obsessed than I would be if I didn't have this stupid app. And it's like yesterday I posted a picture of myself because I thought I looked really nice. And then I was like, oh, you disgusting pig. What are you doing? There's nothing wrong Posting with that. yourself because you think you look pretty. It's like, oh, that's so gross. But that's because I'm from a time where that was unacceptable. So I wonder if generations below me still feel that like, and I do it as well because I'm also in the public eye. And to some extent that serves something which is my job essentially. But I have friends who don't do that. And if they ever do, I'm always like, ooh, so weird. They posted a selfie. It's disgusting. <laughs> so how did you get from silver eyeshadow to yeah. this signature look that you have now? Were there people who were like very influential in getting you there? Yeah, 100%. Obviously like a fabulous gay man, like <laughs> literally course. came in and was like, huzzah. So I was, I was a model from sort of 15, 16 onwards, obviously not full time. I managed to finish some form of education first, uh, but I was at least doing it part time and especially for teen mags and stuff. So I was being experimented with quite a lot. So I ran the gauntlet of makeup and hair looks. But when you're a model in the those days, <laughs> sorry, I'm so old, I'm so <laughs> fucking old ago. at this point. <laughs> but yeah, no, in a pre-digital or, you know, social media world, models were models and you shut up and you stood on your mark and you just did what you were told. You weren't like celebrated for a wacky personality. So I really had no identity or idea of what I would like because I was being used as a beauty vessel for other people's ideas. So when I started on television, I had a makeup artist called Kevin, Kevin Fortune, which is a great name. Mm -hmm. And he kind of sat me down in the chair and was like, OK, what, what would you like? It was for my makeup test for the first episode. And I was like, I don't know, whatever you think. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I want. And he was like, okay, well, try try some things. And then when we were working together over the weeks and subsequent months, we like, because he did a lot of different people's hair. So he always had like weaves and wigs and like bits and bobs in the studio. So we tried on like a bobbed wig and I was like, oh, great. And then he did the cat eye and was like, you'd really suit this kind of Godard 60s thing. And I, before that had been, people would be like, oh, you look like this person or this person. So it was from like, 
you know, investigating things and being like, oh, weird, who's Joan Jett? Oh, weird, who's <laughs> Patty Smith? Oh, weird, who's Jane Birkin? And I was like, wow, cool. Uh, these all, these people make sense to me. So it was part of that and then part influence from music I was discovering at the time, like France Gall or, you know, that kind of 60s French scene in general. And then also loving kind of male beauty looks as well, like Mick Jagger's hair or definitely music-led things. I was like, well, oh, that person looks good. And it's almost like if you study an image long enough through osmosis, you start to sort of take on those attributes, I think. I'm very impressed that you were able to back then pick something that now still works today. And then another uh, newer project for you is your YouTube channel. Well, it's yeah. two years old at this point. No, it's actually only, someone said the other day, because I was saying that in an intro, and I was like, you've joined us for years. And Fifi, who I work with, was like, dude, we've only had it for eight months. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So you have so many projects going on already. So what made you decide, like, YouTube, I need to be there? Just Derek, really. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't done TV or anything in that realm for a long time. But I had done this series with British Vogue about fashion and the future of fashion. And that had a really kind of warm response and was a great way to kind of answer questions that anyone might have. And I think that format of my original idea for that, by the way, had been, you know, in the actor's studio, but fashion. And then we realized that we didn't need to host a live event every week. We could actually just ask the Internet. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> great. Like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> So Derek was appointed the head of fashion and beauty of YouTube and he's a friend of mine and he thought it would make sense that I had one because I'm a broadcaster but also have a fashion line. So I was keen to explore that realm further. And it's been really fun and, you know, some things work and some things don't. Like I was on a train back from Paris and I thought of the idea of this Franglais series that we do where uh, we explore like... French women's style, essentially. And that's been, like, hugely popular. Yeah, the channel spans so many topics. So I'm wondering if there's if you have a favorite video that you filmed or type of video that you like uh, to film. I worked with Loric Prigent, who's a great director and really just feasts on all things fashion, but not in a, like, shallow to kind of top-line way. He really knows everything about fashion history and he has a very romantic kind of take on everything. So I love working with him and we did a show together about couture. So we did, you know, a special on couture for the YouTube channel and he knows every, you know, seamstress in the atelier and every designer and the paparazzi in the front row and da, 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 and it's like this 360 understanding of the entire experience and he's very sort of respectful of each person's job. And I think he's a great educator. I want to talk about your makeup tutorials a little bit too, because I love your makeup tutorials. It's great. And I <laughs> I mean, I don't ever encourage people to re read the comments on their content, but the comments on your makeup tutorials are so nice. People they? love them. They oh, yeah. love it. They love how relatable it is and how you are applying things with your hand. Well, and not you... anymore. <laughs> love in a time of COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, sanitize your makeup brushes, yeah. everyone. I, I want to hear more because you've spoken in other interviews about how you love to watch makeup tutorials that mm. are like the perfect tutorials and you find them very hypnotizing, but it's yeah. not quite your jam. Like I think you had a quote that was like, I quite like eye bags actually. So yeah. what is your, when you're putting a tutorial together, what is your goal there? And do you start off with a look in mind or do you just sort of like get to where you get to? Some 
Sometimes it depends what the theme of it is. And I think because I'm not like renowned for being fantastic at self-application, like we do try and frame it as entertainment as well as it is like beauty tutorials. So I think we had like an Uber challenge at some point or we had festival makeup in mind. So it still needs to be something that I could actually do and do actually wear. Hopefully I am actually getting better at it and we just filmed a few with Rio Vera Newton, who is like a understands everything about skin and K beauty in particular. And that was really informative and great. So the ones I do on my own are obviously like just isolation and a bit weird. But I think it's always good if you if I can get someone else to help out. Can you think of some recent tips and tricks that you've learned from those beauty experts that you work with on those videos or outside of the videos? I was shown these like ice. Sticks? Ice sticks? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know ice. what ice fishing is. <laughs> um, they're like popsicles. They're like a chupa chup made of ice. Okay. And you rub them under your eye bags. Yes. To reduce swelling of a morning or, I don't know, to get rid of any like lymphatic zones, lymphatic drainage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are great. Well, you said that you recently bought a curling iron for yourself. How's that going? Really well. And I'm sorry that I didn't do that today. But weirdly, this is going to sound very strange, but that's okay because I think we've established that like it's a little wacky in here today. <laughs> I had a dream about a woman who was showing me how to do my hair last night. So then oh. that's how I did it this morning. Wow. It looks <laughs> she great. was like, you dummy, you just plait it, put it up, and then you're fine. And I was like, oh. Wow. That sounds Beauty crazy. experts are coming to you in your dreams. In my dreams. But I do have the curling iron and I did it last night and went for dinner, went for sushi. What was the point of that? You did your hair last night? Sure did. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, did, I did my hair last night. I tonged it because I wanted to look nice for dinner. And then I went to a East Village dive bar afterwards. And my friend Mike was like, whoa, someone did your hair. And I was like, I did my hair, actually. He was like, oh, you usually only have that when you go for events. And I was like, no, I did it myself. Wow, so it must have come out great if he thought it was done professionally. Exactly. Wow, great work. Thanks. I don't know what the back looked like, but at least That's these okay. bits, like, <laughs> fine. The frame, I the never turn thing. around. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> just walking against the <laughs> wall, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> oh, so you've seen me on shoots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After the break, we'll talk about UK beauty trends and why Alexa doesn't wash her face. Every month, our editors test hundreds of beauty products, and you can get some of our favorites in the Allure Beauty Box. For just $15, we'll send you a box of up to seven items. At least two of those are going to be full size and a mini magazine that includes tips from our editors. New members get a special gift valued at $15 or more. Sign up at Allure.com ABB. Welcome back to the Allure podcast. Our conversation with Alexa Chung continues. So I want to go back to talking a little bit about social media again, which you've obviously spoken a lot about how the fashion industry on social media and how it how social media is changing the fashion industry. I'm wondering now that you are doing more beauty collaborations, if you are seeing similar things, different things, what differences or similarities you see between the fashion community on Instagram and the beauty community on Instagram. Oh, I mean, I would say I'm very, very new to this game. Mm -hmm. the, so I can't speak on that as much as I probably could, how it's changing in fashion. What do you think is happening? <laughs> I think, having worked in both, I think that beauty 
is an industry where it could inherently be more inclusive because there's no sizing. Right, you know, everybody right. can wear makeup, everybody can do their hair, but for yeah. s- in some senses, the beauty industry has actually, I feel like, been a bit slower to adapt in terms of like the models that they're casting right. versus, and maybe it's partially because the fashion industry it's very obvious if a brand is not being inclusive size-wise, so there's more of a pressure on brands to, you know, get up and, and ahead of that and expanding their size ranges and casting more diverse models. But mm. for the beauty industry especially, you know, it's a lot of close-up images. But in terms of social media, I feel like in both on both sides, that's where real people, quote-unquote real people, are able to sort of take the messaging back into their own hands. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, from looking at social media... Because when I was growing up, the people that were my beauty icons were like, I was even looking at pictures of Cher when she was younger. I don't know, just people with quirky faces or personalities in their features was kind of what I would aspire to or whatever. Whereas now there is this one type of computer face which is represented on most of my social media feeds. It's been so weird recently because I, even I who I think is like tomboy, blah, 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 have been asking for like hot girl makeup where I'm like, I want lip liner around the thing. And I, and then I had to make a conscious effort to undo it and do what I like to look like rather than just being heavily influenced into trying to look like a really hot babe. But why is everyone suddenly wanting to look like this quite homogenized man version of beauty? I don't know, just like everyone sort of suddenly looks the same to me. It's also because I'm old and can't see. But I'm I'm like, has everyone suddenly got the same sort of face? I think people are seeing (laughs) what people who are successful influencers in terms of follower count look like. And people are becoming more and more basic. So the people with the most followers are the most. It's like in Big Brother, which I don't think you have here, but like in competition, reality competition shows, (laughs) but not next in fashion. Um, (laughs) But it's usually the plainest person who wins. It's the person who's the least offensive. And so this kind of quite boring, like perfect thing is the most popular, but it's not necessarily the most interesting. It's just the most, the least, it's just the least offensive face to look at or something. Maybe that makes sense. But I feel like based solely on the comments on your makeup YouTube videos, people are looking for that to change. That's good because I would hate to raise a child in that kind of atmosphere where we've gone back to this one sort of form of beauty. And and it's completely unachievable, by the way, because, you know, unless you're blessed with having like the exact like mixed heritage in order to get a cat eye, a large mouth, a a small nose, a great ass, but also a small waist. And, you know, that's a genetic anomaly rather than it shouldn't be the standard. That's like so crazy. Right. And never mind that everybody edits their photos. Right. But I, I also don't ever think about that. You don't remember that what you're seeing is probably edited. Because I don't, I don't, I use filters like Rise or like whatever, but (laughs) (laughs) my friend sent me some pictures the other day and he was like, sorry, I haven't facetuned them yet. And I was like, facetune? Have you, is that why I love myself in your pictures of me? (laughs) He was like, yeah, girl. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, I thought I was just having a great day. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have been on trips with influencers where, a group photo gets taken and then the phone gets passed around so everyone can edit their own face like the way that right. they want to look. Yeah. So everybody does their own face tuning, did which is you, interesting. Did you read that article about CGI face? It was in like, the New Yorker and she was talking about if everyone's looking at themselves through this 
through filters all the time, they start thinking that's what they actually look like. And she's just, it's not even judgy. It's just like speaking about what's going on right now and how it's another standard of beauty that we can't get to. And if we're all just stuck in our houses for months now, are we all just going to be (laughs) going even further down that? No, maybe this is the best thing for everyone to sit at home and have a good hard think about how (laughs) fucked up things has got. (laughs) It's just like, okay, everyone in isolation, no talking, just like have a think about it. We've been crazy. Yeah. (laughs) What you said about like homogenization of beauty looks, I'm interested too, especially because you spend so much time in the US and the UK. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the differences and similarities that you see to make like very broad generalizations about entire groups of people? Oh, perfect. (laughs) Easy peasy. Done. Everyone in America looks like this and everyone in the UK. (laughs) No, I think there has in recent years been a real blending of of beauty and that people in the UK have borrowed from the US in a way that they didn't necessarily used to. We haven't been known historically for great dental stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't want to say hygiene because everyone's cleaning their teeth. They just like, they don't care if they're snaggly, this kind of thing, mm-hmm. bit yellow. In the olden days, if you ha- if your teeth were too straight or too white, people were like, oh, look at the American smart in like, in a bad way. That's interesting. Whereas now, obviously, people are aspiring to have lovely straight white teeth. So that's a goodie. Yeah, great. <laughs> Big, like, shiny hair. You know, like, newsreadery. What are the similarities? Well, I think, yeah, because of um, social media, it's like a global thing now. So it's less, probably, it's less separate. Mm-hmm. What's your understanding of British beauty? Are like, you- have you noticed a difference in, in the way that the British people in the beauty realm and Americans present? Mm, that's a good question that I haven't thought about. Well, I, it's time to get thinking. I know, it's time to get on it. <laughs> I would say, I guess, going completely by stereotypes, British people just being a bit more laid back and sort of like more natural looking. Right. And Americans doing a little bit more with their makeup, doing their hair. Uh-huh. Although I had a friend visit recently from LA and she was like, I've noticed that no one in New York does their hair hair at all like <laughs> really? everyone just sort of rolls out of bed and goes onto the street and I I guess maybe yeah that that could be true I wow. think there's a difference even from like Coastal, coast to coast yeah, for sure yeah. for sure and also there's microcosms of trends as well of course in East London years ago everyone was filling in like had black eyebrows and then everyone had like pale gray hair and then every, you know mm-hmm. But it, it, the cycle is quicker because it's so embarrassing to look like everyone else there. But it's not like we don't find comfort in everyone looking the same. It's like, oh, God, no, now we all look <laughs> like this. It's over. So do you feel like in the UK there's a little more... Anti-establishment. Yeah, and sort of the, what we were talking about of everybody looking the same because of Instagram. Do you feel like in the UK... I think it's different because I have noticed, you know, like Love Island has a certain look to it, I'd say. And yeah. that to me looks quite American. Yeah, and they're beautiful girls, but it's obviously not a type of regime or like look that I would feel comfortable doing. Although I'm interested to know what I would look like if I wore the bikini and the hair and the (laughs) a fun makeover shoot. Yeah, (laughs) for your next one, that could be good. Um, (laughs) So there's that kind of look going on, and then yeah, there's still people trying to be subversive and. Oh, I know. It's the Dua Lipa, isn't it? It's the bleach oh, yeah, on top of the, the black. Oh, yeah, the two-toned. That does look good on her. It does look really good on her. At first I was like, yeah, Dua Lipa, whatever. Now I'm like weirdly, like sickly obsessed with her. I'd say <laughs> it's an unhealthy follow. I feel like, yeah, she's recently really 
She's really coming to the mainstream. We're all obsessed with her. Well, I know one of her sort of agent type people, and I, I texted her. I was like, it's, "It's weird how fascinated I am by her." Like, but I think the, all the imagery's cool. Like, it looks super nineties, and yeah, whoever's art directing that, it's probably Dua Lipa. Let's not <laughs> take it away from her. Yeah, but it, it's it's cool. Looks good. Do you ever get tempted to do something more dramatic like that with your hair? No, I'm not a pop star in my 20s, you That's know. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> what about you? You said uh, I was watching one of your trend videos and the only beauty trend was perms. So are you tempted to get a perm for 2020? I am a little bit, yeah. But I think my hair would break off because it's very fine. You could get one of those like perms that's just for like a wave. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that would look cool. I think it would look cool too. Yeah. All right. After this, <laughs> go, <laughs> just go get a perm. Yeah. We talked about US and UK, but you've obviously traveled many more places. Are there other places? I'm a super that you, spreader. Yeah. <laughs> are there other places that you have really been influenced by the women there and their beauty or the men there and their beauty routines? Rome. Have you been to Rome? I've been to Rome once for a weekend. Okay. The men are stunning, but not even like looks like just the way they get dressed is insanely impressive. They, they take such great care and it's like, a stunning shoe with a sock. They're real peacocks and they're kind of like the well-dressed ones, whereas the women are like a bit more relaxed. The men are like really done up with a velvet and the thing. I mean, that kind of dandy vibe or decadentism in general, I find really fascinating. And then still London, I find inspiring when I see people on the streets that have assembled an outfit from vintage things and like it's sicker than Gucci or Celine, you know? And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, See, if you've got a good eye for vintage, then you can just do it, huh? Oh, I do not have a good eye. You got any do you tips? Not? No. You think you don't have a good eye for it? For vintage, no. Uh, based on your look, I would have thought you'd be very good at that. Oh, this is from Gap. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's so nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, no, I'm horrible. Do you have tips for vintage shopping? This is for my personal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I think you need to sort of pre-decide the type of thing you're looking for. Otherwise, it just gets boring and overwhelming. So whether it's an event in my, like, for example, I have about a thousand, suddenly this year, everyone's decided to get married again. So everyone got married and then it was a lull and everyone's like, we're getting married. So <laughs> loads of weddings this summer. So I'm kind of always keeping one eye out for a dress. And I think with weddings, vintage is a good way to go because you, you're guaranteed that no one else will have it on. Because my worst nightmare is turning up to a wedding where like exes, et cetera, are, and you're wearing the same outfit as a different girl. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. <laughs> take fun like twinning photos no like, that's ha. not your jam oh we did it um <laughs> vintage yeah it's it's whatever like I think if you like the fabric then you're halfway there great fabric we should talk a little bit about next in fashion and how uh, filming that show has been it was good it was a year ago mm-hmm. now almost but it was great and then it's the first tv thing I've done that people have what my friends have watched and other people actually for that matter so it's been great that's great. You're working with people from all over the world for that too. Mm-hmm. So has has that influenced maybe your beauty routines at all? Did you pick up any beauty tips from any of the contestants? No, not really. Did I? No. Great. <laughs> cool answer. <laughs> I can't pretend that I'm someone that is going to experiment with like a red thing over my eye or like, you know, I've had a pretty consistent look my entire life. If you are feeling like a little bit crazy crazy one night is there a product that you reach for maybe not a specific thing but like a red lipstick or whatever well I will say you know I have the luxury of working with very talented makeup artists so they've 
you know, done looks on me, which are incredible that I wouldn't have thought of. So like Lisa Eldridge or Gregoris, whose surname I don't know. I guess I know him as at Gregoris, which is a real <laughs> shame. But anyway, he's an incredible makeup artist. But the other day, Gregoris did the, a pink glitter, which I loved. I thought it was so nice with a red lip. That's, Ooh, pink and red. That's yeah, nice. So nice. I want to talk about your skincare routine too, yeah. because your skin looks amazing, but I've also heard that you don't always wash your face, which is a big no-no from Allure. How so I'm, dare you? <laughs> How dare I'm wondering. You, <laughs> no, I do wash my face. I just like don't have a seven-step routine and I don't like, I'm lucky in that I haven't had problematic skin. However, I do have some hormonal imbalance, endometriosis, like bullshit going on. So I've started developing chin spots, forehead spots, and that's quite a recent thing. So now I have to be more mindful of what I'm doing. So that said, if I run out of cleanser, like I, it's fine. I, I've, I've been using coconut oil to take it off with or soap, or whatever. But having just done a beauty YouTube video about K beauty and skincare stuff I I found some really cool cleansers and products because I think a lot of it is cleansers I feel like really strip my skin of moisture but Rio was showing me some ones that don't so do you prefer like a balm cleanser or an oil cleanser I kind of flip between them I got this really nice one in Germany called like 24 7 cleanser or something and it smells amazing it smells like an apothecary had a baby with a perfume shop and it's waxing you like Put it on and then so that one's good. But then I also don't I don't mess with like cloths and anything I have to wash and da da da. It's too annoying. So it needs to be something I can just add water to. And then aside from that, like a kind of uh creamy one that lathers up is good. Yeah, I like a good creamy lather too. So don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you sound like you do. You're like, what are your favorite bands? And you're like, you know, the one with the guitar. <laughs> I love, and anyone with a piano, that's That's mainly them. (laughs) You saying that you pick something up in Germany is making me think, which country has your favorite drugstores? Paris. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's just incredible in in those ones. And also, I love the whole experience (laughs) of being sort of like interacting with a pharmacist there asking for amioplasmine, and they're like, not, or they're like, "Eh." It's it's like, I love it. I'm like, please abuse me in your beautiful accent. I'm like, do you have anything? Est-ce que je peux prendre un produit pour le sèche, sèche, très sèche? And they're like, you want something for dry skin? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, please. (laughs) Please. Is that, do you identify as someone with dry skin? I identify as French. As French, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) A British, Chinese, French person. (laughs) Thank you very much. And has your skincare routine changed at all as you've gotten older? Yeah. Yeah. Just then it used to be pretty non-existent and now it's it's emerging into existence. Again, sorry for my boyfriend, but he was just like, you much simpler than other girls <laughs> and I was like what do you mean he was like well darling you do need a cleanser <laughs> and I was like not the Dove soap then he was like it's just crazy you don't care <laughs> and I was like I do I just I find it so boring I basically if I'm curious about something I am very interested in it and if I if it just doesn't speak to me then I can't remember it and I just I'm not curious about cleansing my face really <laughs> so I'll just use body wash in the shower or 
24-7 cleanser that I found in Berlin. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's great. Next, I just want to talk to you about what's next for Alexa Chung. Alexa Chung, the person, and also Alexa Chung, the all capitalized one word, fashion brand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my friend just bought something from my website and he sent me a screen grab and it was like email from Alexa Chung <laughs> to Matthew via Alexa Chung. Like, thank you for buying this from Alexa Chung, <laughs> from Alexa Chung. He was like, dude, chill out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, just to co- you know, constantly working on my fashion line, which is an evergreen experience. Don't know if we're getting season two of Next in Fashion, but that would be nice. And if not, then that's cool too, I guess. Just <laughs> <laughs> take it or I not. Be bitter, and just as I say, I think health-wise, I just make sure now I have a more balanced zone because I literally have to. So for all the time I'm on, I'm equally off. And with that. Good night. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks for listening to our interview with the very charming Alexa Chung. If you're looking for something to stream tonight and you love reality competition shows, head over to Netflix and stream Next in Fashion, the series Alexa co-hosts with Queer Eyes Tan France. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe out there. 